guys, and welcome back to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you for joining us for what is now episode number 28 of our Road to 2023 series. And we're going to get straight into this episode. Tiara is going to kickstart us off by letting us know how her past few weeks have been. Yeah, so we have about a three-week recap to give on this podcast episode. And the past three weeks, as usual, just kind of been ticking along with training and work and the whole shebang here at the TBD household. And it's, it's pretty exciting right now because we are coming up to the end of March and beginning of April. So I've actually got quite a number of my girls who have started their own preps for season B leading in later this year. And we're only one and a half weeks out from the very first show of the season where we've got a few competitors competing at the ICN Sunshine State Show. So lots going on. It's uh, it's really, it's, it's the start of what's going to be a great competition season and a great competition year. So super duper keen for all of that. So that first show, we've got the Sunshine Coast ICN show. And I know I've got a competitor, Kate Archibald, and she'll be competing in the figure divisions. You've got two competitors yourself. Yeah, I've got Scott and Alex who will be doing the ICN shows and they're doing a mixture of divisions actually. So I think we're actually doing every single division across both of them so that they're both first time competitors. So dipping our toe in a few different categories there. That's awesome. That should be a lot of fun. Boy, well, on your end, that's a lot of posing teaching for all the different divisions. Yeah, fortunately, they've picked it up very adeptly, which is which makes my job a little bit easier and they both practice a lot. Mm, you got to love that when people just, you know, they get it right off the bat. <laughs> mm, yeah, it certainly makes my job a little easier. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, April's going to be a wicked month because it's going to be three weekends of back-to-back shows with the ICN Sunshine Coast show. And then following that, we've got the IFBB Queensland show where I've got Chloe competing in bikini and Kate will also be competing in figure there. And then the following weekend on the Saturday will be the IFBB Fit Fest show. And then I'll be flying home first flight that I could possibly book on Sunday morning to get back for the ICN show that Sunday for the Brisbane Classic. Then I think it's about two or three weeks. And then we've got the ICN Nationals in May. So should be super freaking fun. And then a solid team for season B. So boy, I'm just loving life right now. I love my job. And uh, yeah, it's 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 really fun right now just seeing everyone come in. And what about your own personal journey? My own personal journey. All right, well, I'm still in a dieting phase right now. I think last time that I gave an update about three weeks ago, I was sitting at 66.4 kilograms. And I think I've mentioned on the podcast a few times that my goal is to get down to 64 kilograms. And This morning, lo and behold, I did break into the 64 kilogram territory. So I was 64.9 kilograms this morning on that scale. So past three weeks dropped another 1.5 kilograms, which I'm pretty happy about. But last time, I think I mentioned that my macros at that point were around 200 carb, 40 grams of fat, 140 grams of protein. That first week, Man, I just had one of those weeks, Jack, where like, you know, you're feeling leaner every single day. And like when you fall asleep at night, you're like, new low tomorrow. It's going to be the day. And then you wake up and it's the exact same weight or like you've only dropped 100 grams or something like that. So a week went by on those macros and my weight had actually only dropped down to 66.2 
like, and that's just not enough, you know, for the rate of loss that I'm aiming for. So just did what I needed to do. And I just slightly dropped my macros. So just brought carbs down to 180 grams per day, brought my dietary fat down to 35 grams per day. And I've been pushing on that for these past two weeks. And then weight has steadily come back down to 64.9, which is pretty exciting. So it's cool to be in this territory and uh, excited to just get the job done and get toward that finish line and finish this and get myself down to 64. I've got about two weeks to go. So I think, I think I can definitely do it. I believe in myself. <laughs> and then will you maintain after that or start gaining straight away? Yeah. So my goal there is definitely to just go into a maintenance phase and just go into some reverse dieting and just build my calories back up and try to just maintain around that 64 kilograms before I then start purposely putting on some weight again. So probably like to maintain around 64 for a good few solid weeks, I would say. And to be honest, like even right now, I actually feel very happy and content and comfortable in my own body. Like I know that by the way that I look right now, I'm like, yeah, I would honestly be kind of happy if I just ended the diet here. Like I would be okay with that. But also I said that I was going to get down to 64 and I'm a woman on my word. So again, just going to finish this job and uh, it's the home stretch. So should be good. And yeah, it's, it's been pretty successful to be honest. Like I feel like my body fat has certainly dropped off fairly evenly. Would you say like, it's kind of a fairly, a pretty mm. even distribution. Yeah, for sure. I think you've suddenly lost a lot of body fat mm-hmm. in a, the best way possible. Ah, thank you very much. Yeah. I've, I've certainly feel smaller. <laughs> uh, I know my waist has dropped down from 75 down to 68 centimeters circumference there, which is pretty good I think seven centimeters off my waist which I'm pretty happy about but I also feel like I am in that little bit of an in-between stage especially since I dropped my carbs down to 180 grams per day because I definitely feel smaller in my own body now but because my carbs are lower and I'm not as filled with glycogen I'm certainly not getting as good of pumps as I used to in the gym but at the same time I'm in that funky in-between where I've lost some body fat, but I still have more to go. But because food is relatively low, like in the gym, I feel like there's just not as much definition that's showing that could potentially be showing if I had some more muscle glycogen in me. But again, been around this block plenty of times before, so I'm familiar with what this feels like. And it is really just a matter of just keeping your head down, just keep pushing forward, just know you're going to break through that wall. And once food starts coming up again, I know that's when I'm really going to see all of my hard work has paid off. So yeah, kind of just holding out for that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's certainly a, a very normal experience with dieting and especially people whose first time it is, it, it almost comes as a shock that they think they should feel lean or look lean straight away when yeah sometimes we actually in fact look a little worse before we look better because of the reasons you stated like still having some body fat but also being quite flat at the same time and often it's also our psychological perception of it so if we feel flat then psychologically we might feel a little bit flat as well Mm. and therefore perceive ourselves as as looking worse than we actually do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I tell my competitors all the time. You know, like if they're on a low carb day and they check in and through my eyes, they're looking pretty damn good, but they're like, 
oh, I just, I don't, I don't really like the way that I look right now. I'm like, just hold out for your high carb day. I think you're going to like the way that you perceive yourself a hell of a lot more because it's amazing. And you and I have both been there before too. Like even, even psychologically knowing that you are going to have a high carb day or after you have that first initial meal, you might check yourself out in the mirror. You're like, oh my God, I'm already filling out. We know that's not actually the case, Mm. (laughs) but it's almost like those diet goggles have been removed because you're just in a better mood. Yeah, totally. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. But I guess ever since actually doing that little macro drop, it was very simple. Um, Just took a few grams of carbs away from here and there, but I actually did bring back my I would almost call this like a notorious prep meal for me. It's always that afternoon meal. I used to be having like some diced fruit with some yogurt and some nuts on top. But what I decided to do is just bring back the strawberry and ice cream with some popcorn. So um, that's back on the menu right now. <laughs> we certainly have lots of pos- popcorn left over from prep. We have so many bags of popcorn. I'm actually glad that I'm putting some of it to good use. But Boy, popcorn, man. Like, as long as it stays in the bag, that thing has a long expiry date. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, I'm actually pretty damn impressed that my AirPop popcorn machine has lasted so long. Because I bought that thing back in, like, 2017. It was, like, 15 bucks from Target. It's certainly had a lot of use over the years when I've been dieting. The thing is, I never eat popcorn when I'm in a surplus or even at maintenance. But it's something about popcorn in a dieting phase. Just get yourself some popcorn kernels and a cheap AirPop popcorn maker. And boy, it's um, it's a good time, you know? I don't think people even associate popcorn with dieting. They associate <laughs> it with like a, a junk food. Yeah, but if anything, it's actually really nutritious. Like corn, it's a whole grain. And also it's super voluminous. And as long as you're not whacking a whole bunch of butter on top of it, it's actually very voluminous for very low calories. It's got a good amount of fiber. It's almost pure carbs. It has a few trace proteins, but yeah, air pop popcorn. It's always my go-to whenever carbs get low. <laughs> and do you prefer your sweet or savory? I just prefer it plain. Like I used to be so that. So I guess savory then, if it's a whole grain. I guess so. I guess is plain a synonymous with savory then? Because it's not yeah. sweet. Well, like, would you say fruit is sweet or savory? I would say fruit is sweet because it's naturally sweet, but I would say plain popcorn would you say plain 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 bread is sweet or savory Mm, i would say that's savory because like yeah i'd say like it's it's naturally not sweet so is popcorn yeah exactly so popcorn is savory plainly savory Mm-hmm. I used to be that person who would, you know, spice it up with a whole bunch of smoky paprika and like nutritional yeast and salt and stuff and just eat it with a spoon. But now I just go for it plain. Hey guys, just a reminder that we offer coaching services, which you can find on our website by searching the bodybuilding dietitians on Google or via the show notes below. We coach anyone with a health and fitness related goal. And have you gotten to the stage with the diet yet where you've experienced any negative effects? To be honest, yes. I think that these past few weeks I have noticed a little bit of disruption just to my sleep. And it happens every time that my calories get lower is that I naturally just wake up earlier. So right now my body clock has been waking me up closer to 4.30 a.m. rather than 5.30 a.m., which is kind of frustrating because I would like to keep sleeping. Well, like. 
I would like to keep sleeping, but when I wake up at 4.30, I do feel awake and I do feel ready to get up and start doing shiz. Uh, and also I'm okay with it because we go to bed at like, we get in bed at like 8.15 at night. And then I usually read till like 8.30, 8.45. I'm sleeping all throughout the night. And I'm actually not even waking up to go pee during the night because I'm trying to like limit my fluid intake in the later hours of the day so that I don't get disrupted to go pee. Cause that's one thing with me is that if I'm dieting and I wake up to go pee, I'm actually one of those people that have a lot of trouble getting back to sleep because my head just starts spinning and I just start thinking a lot and it's really irritating. Like I'll get up at like 1.30 a.m., go pee, and then I feel like I'm in that really funky daze in between where you're just laying there in bed and you're like half asleep but you're still not quite asleep and you have these really random flashbacks coming back to you from when you were like in grade four or something. It's very funky. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, so I have noticed a bit of disruption to my sleep, but I know that will be fixed once I have a little bit more carbs in me as well. And I think also just my energy levels, I think I do feel just a little bit lower energy toward the end of the day, which is totally normal, but I'm also very aware of it. But to be honest, I actually don't feel hungry. Like this is the least hungry and by far the least food focused that I've ever felt while dieting in my life. And I, I really attest that to just being on a meal plan this entire time and just knowing exactly what I'm going to eat and the time I'm going to eat. And there's no negotiating unless I actually need to change my macros. And then I just do the tiniest little change and then that's just locked in and it's solid. But I'm just so not food focused because I'm not even giving myself that option to be like, ooh, I've got 30 grams of protein and 40 carb and 10 fat for lunch. What am I going to do with it? I just know exactly what I'm going to have. So uh, it's it's almost seamless. I'm, I'm not really thinking about food. And I also feel like I've been quite strategic as well in terms of like between my meals, I'm just jam packing my schedule with just keeping myself very busy. So like between breakfast and lunch, you and I are obviously training at the gym. Between lunch and my meal three, I just jam in a whole bunch of check-ins. And then between meal three and meal four, which is dinner, I go for an afternoon walk, I do more check-ins. And then after dinner, like psychologically after dinner, when I know it's my last meal, I never feel hungry after dinner because I just brush my teeth and I'm like, that's that, it's over. <laughs> um, so those are the main negative effects, but I'd say one of the, the, the main ones probably just energy levels toward the end of the day, which I feel kind of bad about because I know I could definitely be giving more energy to you and also to the dogs and yeah, but sometimes it's just, it's tough. Well, you don't have kids. So. No, thank goodness I don't have kids. <laughs> Please leave me alone. <laughs> I just need some peace and quiet. But I think one of the things is, is that with my job as an online coach, like I do video calls with all my clients and I can't help but give a lot of energy to my clients. Like when I call someone, even if let's say I felt low energy between calling people, when I'm actually on the phone, I can't help but just really give off a lot of energy. But then once that phone call ends, sometimes I need to like catch myself, bring myself back down to earth and be like, whew, okay. And then once all my calls are over for the end of the day, that's when I'm just like, oh my God. And I just want to collapse on the couch. So 
yeah, I think, I think that's a little bit tough. Um, but obviously it's not impairing my work at all because I never will let it. But I think toward the end of the day, I'm just, I'm just a little bit tired, eh? Yeah, it's very, probably the most common side effects from dieting is some low energy and some hunger. Mm -hmm. So you're experiencing one, but not the other. Yeah, but I promise once my carbs come back up, I'll dance with the dogs with you and I'll sing along to Eminem and Machine Gun Kelly or (laughs) whatever it may be. But luckily... I'll have to see that to believe it. Okay. I got some moves, I'm telling you. All, all I need is just a little bit of a carb boost. Uh, but luckily, I actually haven't really experienced any negative effects to my training performance. If anything, for my big compound movements, so things like my, my lunges and my Bulgarians in particular, I'm actually still making progress on those. Like this past weekend, I got a lifetime PB on my Smith Machine lunges. I did two by 10 per leg with 75 kilograms on the Smith machine, plus whatever the weight of the Smith machine is on the resistance. Nine kilos. Nine kilos. So 84 kilograms on my back, lunging up and down two by 10. I was really happy with that, to be honest. And and again, after losing about five kilograms, I've never lifted that weight before in my life. So that's pretty solid. And I, I genuinely put that down to two things. One is just my cardiovascular fitness and my exercising heart rate is lower than it used to be, which it just feels a hell of a lot more comfortable. And also, I don't know what it is, but like my mindset, I'm just like, the sooner you start, the sooner you finish, like just fricking do it. You're going to have to do it anyway. So I'm just more inclined to kind of just get under the bar and just push it up. Like, I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but I almost feel like a little bit desensitized in a sense. Like, It's almost like I don't have the energy to even, I can feel my quads and glutes, but like it doesn't feel quite as painful as it used to. I feel like almost the fatigue, it's more psychological, like energy wise, but once you're- Maybe you don't have that anxiety response to it anymore. So that's making it easier to start. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, I can just push up the weight and it actually feels better, man. So um, I'm pretty damn happy with that, to be honest. So yeah training still going really well and i'm actually really psyched too like once i start reversing i know also just psychologically i will be able to just be like yeah let's just load up 80 kilograms and just go for it so very pumped for that indeed i guess i am kind of surprised by how quickly i have metabolically adapted or at least from peak improvement season down to this point you know having to drop carbs from like 400 grams down to 180 grams and I think my calories have been slashed almost in half going from around 3,000 closer to like 1,500 1,600 so yeah it's interesting for sure but just do what you gotta do yeah happens to almost everyone yeah you're not alone in that boat yeah exactly right but I'm glad that I'm just getting the job done in a fairly efficient time manner because I know years ago when I used to diet I, I wasn't as in tune with my body and I wasn't as aware that I was so metabolically adaptive. Like it was frustrating because I do your classic, all right, take away 500 calories and see how you go. And I take away 500 calories and my weight wouldn't budge at all. So I'm actually just grateful now to know that, okay, well, if I want to lose weight at a decent pace, might just have to be a little bit more aggressive on paper than you would have predicted. But Ultimately, that's what you got to do to get the result. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, home stretch for you, which is very exciting. And you put in the work and 
almost finished eight weeks into it mm-hmm. yeah it's um it's been good you know 10 weeks six kilograms gone right that's almost half a prep in itself that's kind of what i've almost kind of like envisioned during this first dieting phase of the improvement season is just almost imagine as if you're in a prep yeah for sure yeah it's just a ma- matter of just establishing a calorie deficit and then just managing it mm. The easier half of the prep, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Jack, I want to hear, how's your past three weeks been? Give me an update. Yeah, so it's been good. I'm in week uh, week five of my training block now. So training's been going quite well. I did have a slight hiccup two weeks ago or so where I tweaked my lower back, which hasn't happened for a long time. And it, like, it used to happen about once a block. And by tweak, I mean just... Like it wouldn't even like happen during a lift. It would just start to ache a little bit. And then it would, by the end of the session, it would be quite sore. And then like, I presume it's just a slight strain, which isn't a, isn't a big deal. So I know how to handle that now and just kind of take away some of the movements. They're going to aggravate it like a bent over row and just wait till it gets better. And usually it's just potentially a sign to me that I've been doing a little bit too much or there's a particular exercise that might be contributing to it so I think it was the uh, leg press for me and I might have been getting a little bit too much range of motion causing my hips to tilt and putting some strain on my lower back but fortunately I was able to do RDLs yesterday which felt good so back up to my normal loading for them which was about 190 kilos and yeah lower back felt good it actually felt better by the end end of the day compared to what it felt the day before which goes to show that for me a lot of the time it is going to be psychological and just a lot of stiffness but if I just do the session and and get some blood flow through there and get it moving then it usually feels better afterwards so that was that was a big relief for me to be able to train normally for legs yesterday and I've got about well this week and next week left of the block and we'll see how I go and can continue from there. Mm-hmm. So you'll be deloading the week of the IFBB Queensland show, right? Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. Right. Depends if I decide to, to do another week of training or not, but mm-hmm. that's what I've penciled it in for, for now. Cool. Awesome. And 190 kilograms now. That's, that's huge. That's really not far off your 200 kilogram goal. Yeah, it's, it's getting quite, quite close. And I always do surprise myself with, with how I'm able to do that. Like I do get quite nervous before those sets, but, um, which maybe I don't have enough confidence if I surprise myself, but I, I think I can flick that switch quite easily and the progression has been quite steady. So 10 kilos to go, which shouldn't take me too long. Mm -hmm. I think we said by halfway through this year, which sounds about right. Yeah. Well, I think when we were setting our 2022 goals, you said 200 was just one of your 2022 goals. So boy, you'll probably be past 200 by December this year. Well, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I told you back in that podcast. I was like, dude, you're, you're selling yourself short. Aim higher. Aim heavier. Mm. <laughs> well, that's the probably the uh, biggest thing with the training. Everything else has been going quite well. And yeah, just in a big groove with training now. Things are going well. Yeah, making progressions. No real major adjustments to my training program either. Like just sticking to the things that we know work and that I can progress with long term. And nutrition wise, I've been on the same macros for a very long time now. I can't 
it, it must be cl- closing in on like six months I've been on these macros, which for me is a good thing. Like I don't particularly want to eat more food now. And we know that just because you eat more food in the off season doesn't mean you're growing more muscle or it doesn't, it also doesn't mean that you're going to be able to lose weight on more food either because you adapt metabolically adapt either way. So on a training day, I'm eating about 575 carb, 80 fats and 275 protein. And that's quite comfortable to eat. The probably the most difficult meal to, for me to eat is usually uh, breakfast, where it, which is actually just like cereal with a few other things, obviously protein in there as well. Mm-hmm. And probably also my post-workout meal, because usually I find for most people within close proximity to high intensity exercise, they'll they'll get quite satiated or they won't feel like eating. It's an appetite mm-hmm. inhibitant, if that's the right word. Yeah. Is it genuinely that you just aren't hungry? Like, would you ever consider trying to just slightly change those meals to make them a bit more enticing? Well, they are quite enticing. I know they are, but there's always ways that you can continue to jazz them up. Like you have the same cereal every single morning. And I keep telling you like, you know, go into the cereal aisle and pick a few different cereals. You could have a few different flavors. Mm. Well, I have Milo because you can buy the, I think the, uh, the big value box now. It's like over a kilo of Milo Mm -hmm. cereal. And it's, it is my favorite cereal and it's fortified with a lot of good stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's just my favorite, which is why it is very easy to eat. Um, but I do have different cereal throughout the day as well, which I do vary for the mm-hmm. nutrient diversity. So. I guess if I was one of those people who was on the cereal train, like I would have... But you're also dieting. I know, but still, even if I wasn't dieting, I just had one of those big cereal bowls with just a big jug of milk next to it. Like I would just have a different flavor each week or like mix up different flavors, like having like the cinnamon crunch mm. and maybe having some raisin bran and, you know, experiencing different flavors. Yeah. Reese's Pieces, they've got a type of cereal. Too sweet, mate. Oh, okay. Well, I think at the start of the off season, I was I had a different cereal every week for that reason. Like you remember that because I was still food focused then. I my appetite was very high, mm-hmm. and now it's not. So I think for me, sticking to routine, like we kind of talked about this in the last Q and A, like for gaining phase, sticking to a routine is the most important thing. I know, but perhaps if you're completely losing your appetite, maybe you need to slightly change that. Well, sometimes I have like 90% dark chocolate. Sometimes I have 76%. Oh, living life on the edge. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I have like raspberries instead of strawberries, you know. Oh my goodness me. (laughs) But I I still get a lot of, I still try and aim for those 30 different plant foods each week. So Mm. um, it's not like my diet is lacking diversity. It just means I have 30 different plant foods, but eat the same ones Mm -hmm. regularly. so that's nutrition. Body weight's at about 90 kilos at the moment, which is uh, the, the highest I've been in a long time, probably since October of, of 2020 or yeah, September or October of 2020 was when I was last this heavy. Definitely body composition is, is better as well, mm. particularly around the midsection and things are looking good from a a uh, muscularity standpoint. Yeah, whenever I take your progress photos, they're actually drastically looking different now, especially in the rear shots. And why is mm. that? Oh, yes. <laughs> I have tweaked my posing a little bit from the rear, which is a bit different for everyone, for all the bodybuilders who like know how to pose from the rear in Australia. Like we do this thing where we, we have some posterior pelvic tilts and we squeeze the glutes 
And when we squeeze the glutes and kind of tuck the pelvis, it causes like the adductors to kind of disappear somewhat. Mm. And I've just been playing around with this setup from the rear where instead of posterior tilting the pelvis, I'll, I'll extend the lower back. So I'll kind of thrust out my ass mm-hmm. and then I'll contract my hamstrings and that'll actually turn on the adductors. And then after that, I'll then tense my glutes, squeeze them while still keeping on the adductors. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see if that works because it makes my hamstrings look like literally twice as big from the rear. Yeah. And the only downside of it is whether my, like when I'm in condition, whether glute striations will show in that pose. Like we don't know until I get lean enough, but if glute striations do show, then that's going to be a massive win because it makes that shot look probably twice as good. Yeah, it looks honestly night and day. What maybe you should even do is actually just do, like females do this all the time. They're like, 10 second comparison and you know they'll show a photo of them posing and they're only if you do that and oh gosh but uh, maybe i could be like on a real 10 second comparison but you know they they'll go into a certain pose with their high-waisted shorts and their glutes will look really nice and their waist will look tiny and then they'll pull down their shorts and poke out their belly and be like you know self-love body confidence whatever yeah i'm all for it but you should do this but for a rear shot and show off your glutes and hamstrings like 10 second mm. posing comparison it so will i wear is... my bodybuilding trunks in the off season then or... why not <laughs> and they're not they don't show that much more compared to just your underwear that you take your standard progress photos in they're just a bit mm. more sparkly yeah i think i need to remind you of fit on those especially you being like 15 kilos heavier okay but that would actually be kind of neat i think because it really is night and day because there was always something off about that because we know that your hamstrings are a really strong muscle group for you especially in your side chest like you've always got a very impressive hamstring hang but then when you flip around to the back it's like why do your legs look smaller from the back but just with that like that fine-tuned little adjustment yeah they literally do look twice the size and i think that if you're lean to the bone right and you're shredded as like your glutes are going to show in that pose for sure but i think it would even be worth the sacrifice of not tensing them if it if it meant obviously not posteriorly pelvic tilting to get one or two more glute lines to have hamstrings that are twice as big i think that's kind of worth the trade-off yeah well hopefully the icn judges see it that way as well Mm mm-hmm yeah it is different posing between different countries for sure like we've seen people like that pose before they do it in wnbf you know jared feather that's kind of like how he poses and a lot of the uk bodybuilders do that where they kind of really arch through the lower back and push out the glutes but their hamstrings look much bigger Mm, i don't yeah i think the good thing is i don't need to do it to that extent Mm. like they they do it quite it's like, obviously yeah i hip thrust <laughs> yeah especially jared feather but impressively he still has striations even when he he does that yeah either way i encourage you to um do that comparison that'd be kind of neat mm. hey guys just a reminder that we post regular informative content on both our instagram and youtube channel so make sure to go over to those platforms and search the bodybuilding dietitians see you there well that's pretty much everything on my end don't think there's anything else otherwise things have otherwise have been going well like sleep's great stress is low looking forward to the shows that are coming up and 
Uh, we've got a holiday booked at the end of May, which should mm-hmm. be nice. Hopefully we don't have to quarantine over there. Yeah, we've got our new TBD Tees shirts in the pipeline, which is very exciting. So got the ball rolling on that. So yeah, it's um, it's good times, man. It's good. And it's coming up to April. April's like my favorite month of the year because it's sunny. It's still semi-warm, but it's like a very comfortable warm. And then it's cool and crisp in the mornings and you know if the sun starts to like rise a little bit later during the day but the clouds are really unique if you go on early morning walks sky's nice and pink bring on april it's one of the best months mm, what you said yeah <laughs> and obviously super celebratory because like all the shows are going to be on well let's finish this episode with something that we want to improve this week do you want me to go first or you uh, you can go first Okay, well, this next coming week, I think that I want to improve my appearance in the sense that I need to get myself my, what I could probably call at this rate, an annual haircut. But Mm. yes, next week. Every third year, I would say. (laughs) No, actually, I got my hair cut twice last year, but probably just because we were competing more often. And if my hair grows really long, so in a back shot, if I let it grow too long, it just does cover my glutes. But I have a hair appointment booked next week on Tuesday, which I'm looking forward to. And that should be nice to have my hair trimmed and not have it feel like as frayed at the bottom. Maybe get some layers in there. Might even get myself a fringe. Who knows? But I'm going to get it cut and that'll be some nice self-care for me because I hardly ever do anything like that, you know? Like, Mm. But at the same time, I just, I go to the gym every single day. So I just tie it up and put it in a bun or put it in Mm. a ponytail or something. But yeah, it'll be nice to, uh, to to look good yes even though you already do but <laughs> thanks <laughs> look better yeah subjectively better mm-hmm. well at least it'll be it'll be nice and flowy you know like i can pretend to be in a pantene commercial or something like that <laughs> well what do you want to improve well i'll be getting a haircut as well but that's not really something i want to improve on you get them way more frequently than me eh yeah well unless you want a boyfriend with long hair then i, <laughs> I need to get them <laughs> that's true Yes. Well, I, I really like, I don't know. I I would be very curious to see what you'd look like if your hair was a little bit longer and like at the top, if you could kind of like style and slick it back a little bit, you used to have it so long that you could put on a little ponytail. Those were the days. Mm -hmm. Those were the days. (laughs) That was cool. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why I did that. Very inconvenient for for training. Mm. What do I want to improve? Well, I would like to have a good day of squatting this week because mm-hmm. last week I did some Bulgarians and I was so sore from the Bulgarians that I couldn't I couldn't actually squat on Friday. Yeah. Because my doctors doctors were so sore that when I got into a squat position it felt like they were going to pop. And I feel like with Bulgarians like if you're doing them after a period of laying off, you need to be strategic. Like I like yeah, 3 days doesn't seem to be enough. You know, mm. for the adductors, like you need at least four. Yeah. So last week I, I had to stop squats. I had couldn't do leg press either. So this week I will rectify that. And I haven't done Bulgarians this week, so should be ready to go. <laughs> it's certainly one of those movements where it's like you either have them in your program consistently or you don't. <laughs> yeah, I won't make that mistake again. But I, yeah, I was, I was very, very sore. Yeah, man, a doctor adductor doms like they're just some of the worst (laughs) Mm. well thank you everyone for listening if you enjoyed this episode make sure to give us a five-star review on spotify and itunes 
if we deserve it. And uh, also you can repost it onto your Instagram, tag myself, tag Tierra, tag TBD, and we'll see you guys next week.